But if we miss the intrinsic value, the goods and services and the jobs that are created, that is an essential part of what God intended for business. Welcome to BAM Perspectives, a conversation about different business as mission perspectives to help build and challenge yours. As BAM Canada, we believe in kingdom impact through profitable and sustainable business using a quadruple bottom line approach. Now, let's dive into today's episode. Over to our host, BAM Canada co-founder, Carrie Ann Ballantyne. This week, we have the privilege to talk to someone who is an assistant professor of business at Trinity Western University, teaching in the area of international development, leadership and ethics, business's mission, and social entrepreneurship. Uh, he's also lived in Kenya for six years working in business development in the fields of agriculture and healthcare, and has an MBA from Aziza Pacific University, an MA in intercultural studies from Fuller Seminary, and a PhD in organizational leadership from Eastern University. His name is Brian Albright. Welcome, Brian. We're so glad to have you join us today. It's nice to be here. It's a lot of an introduction there. <laughs> well, we've got lots of experience to unpack today, which I'm excited about to dig into. Um, the first question, let's jump right in. I'd love to hear, how are you first exposed to business's mission and how have you then after that lived that out? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I appreciate the opportunity to be here and to share and I'm excited about the conversation. I kind of got started after I graduated college in the late 90s, early 2000s. Um, I was in graduate school and I was, uh, my first job was coordinating short-term missions for, um, for a university. And uh, I got to travel a lot as part of that job and see development work around the world and missionaries and send teams overseas uh, from the university. And, and that's how I got connected to, to, to the band movement was through conferences and reading about it. I'm a business major, business guy, I got my MBA. And uh, I went to the conferences, started reading about it, although back then there weren't quite as many. Um, I got to know, you know, Steve Rundle and Neil Johnson, Mats Thunhag and Mark and Joe Plunner. I just had some good conversations that really uh, appealed to me. Uh, I'm more of a business guy than a missions guy, though. Uh, most of my work was in Africa, um, uh, focused on poverty and development and stuff. And I felt like um, I connected more with the social entrepreneur movement than I did with business's mission. Um, because back then, I felt like it was more missions focused. It was unreached people groups focused. And, um, and and that was good. I just didn't feel like I fit in the box necessarily. I, I would say that the BAM movement has changed over the years. It has become much more inclusive and, and, and I've, been, I've been much more involved lately. But in, in the origin, um, I, was, I was more of a social entrepreneur. I would identify with that group. However, the BAM movement conversations, the conferences really planted seeds within me uh, about purpose in business, being intentional about my business efforts. So it was very formative in my, in my development during that time. That's awesome. Do you, do you feel um, that learning all of that really changed the trajectory of where you were heading um, with your career or whatnot? And what in your life changed from hearing all that from those incredible people? Yeah, it was, it was, it was, when I graduated from college, I wanted to be a financial planner like my dad. Uh, I was going down the corporate road. Um, and then uh, the short-term missions job. And I think God during that time was breaking my heart and molding in me a development, a developmental heart. And I saw jobs, I saw opportunities. That's what I saw as markets in my head. But uh, after seeing poverty and seeing what's going on in the world, um, I think God was just shaping me to say, you know, I want you to do business, but I want you to have purpose through that. And so it was doing my job. It was part of the conferences, the conversations, the seeing 
band practitioners doing what they're doing was all part of a long journey. It was, we're talking six, 10 years that this was really taking shape in my life. Do you feel like you had a, a very dualistic before having those com- conversations of, I'm either going to do financial planning like my dad did, as you said, or I'm going to go into this missional space. Was that a, a tension for you to navigate? So yeah, it was. I would say that um, the way that I describe it, and I know this is only one way to describe it, but I feel like I had um, I had a spiritual and a relational view of God, but I didn't have an answer to poverty that I was seeing. I didn't have a I didn't have a box to understand the the physical nature of of the poverty I was seeing. And, and there's a book by um, Fickert and and Capic who wrote called Becoming Whole, and they call it evangelical Gnosticism, where you have a, a view of the world that everything is about heaven, everything's about salvation and after this world, and the world is is eventually going to pass away. And so therefore, anything you do here in the, this world is only at best a means to an end, uh, a spiritual end. And I think that I grew up with that mentality. So yes, that dualistic here and there. But um, after living in Africa, seeing poverty every day and and wrestling with my my head was telling me that business is part of the solution and and just just really asking a lot of questions and and when i studied at fuller i got to work with bryant meyer a lot he were he were walking with the poor and my time there really developed a holistic theology within me it was and it, again this is part of the bam conversations this is like i said this is all mixed together but i felt like bam and social entrepreneur it, it kind of forced me and encouraged me towards um what I would call like a non-hierarchical holism, where the spiritual, the relational, the psychological, the physical aspects of our humanity are all the same in God's mission. Not One is not higher than the other. And when God's mission is accomplished, it's all there. All those aspects point towards human flourishing. So, so then that holistic mission was created in my mind that was now breaking down the this dualism or this spiritual versus worldly or whatever that is so yes that definitely went in was part of my journey to a large extent Mm -hmm. it brings so much peace to know that you can actually live in that integration and not have those tensions i love that and you mentioned there that you when your experience when you were in africa did you want to share a little bit about what that looked like and how bam intersected with any of that Sure. Yeah. So after uh, in 2004, uh, my wife and we had a son at that time we had adopted from South Africa. We moved to Kenya for for three years and we worked for a development uh, oriented NGO um, doing economic development. We were part of starting a children's home and uh, we had they had done some agricultural development, some microloans, some just kind of a traditional uh, development model with a really small organization. And it was a wonderful experience. And we got to be involved in starting a business that was a milk cooling and collection plant, which milk is everywhere. And, and we were basically training small scale farmers on how do you increase the yield of your cow? But if you can't sell that and get profit out of your access, then what good is more milk? You can only drink so much and you can't sell it to your neighbor <laughs> type of thing. So we wanted to start a pure for profit business model to try to empower the poorer farmers to have a larger voice in the the milk market. So, so we started a business like that. We had probably 4,000 farmers. We were collecting maybe wow. 12,000 liters a day and it went really well for about a year. It, it just felt like it was really working, but eventually um, it just got way too competitive. Our management 
all of us, we just, we didn't know what we we're getting into. It moved way too fast. The milk business was so competitive that eventually we had to sell it because we were taking on loss. We couldn't, costs we couldn't handle. So that was my first business experience in Kenya um, that we've learned a ton of lessons from, but you know. With the position you have now and being teaching business, it obviously didn't scare you away from business. It obviously pushed you into more and more learning about how to do this and how to make those changes and sustainability, all those things we talk about, right? And so what that looks like. What did, did you have any business adventures after that? Well, yeah, it did scare me for a while. I mean, I, I was <laughs> very gun shy um, after that experience. Um, yes. Uh, so I would say after that experience and part of that experience is when I read a book by Jeff Van Duzer. It's called Why Business Matters to God. It's kind of pretty well known now, but he helped me understand that um, that God has intrinsic value in business. Uh, I had this mentality that business was what he calls instrumental. It's a means to an end of getting donations to fund ministry through your profits or a platform for evangelism, which are both wonderful things that business can do. But if we miss the intrinsic value, the goods and services and the jobs that are created, that is an essential part of what God intended for business. And when we don't embrace that, we're missing a big component. So uh, after learning that and studying that more and, and pursuing that even in more education through my PhD and stuff, I got to get back involved in business overseas. Um, I had a, developed a friendship with someone who started a hospice nonprofit organization in the same village that we were before. Uh, when we lived there back earlier. And she was running a traditional nonprofit organization, raised money in the U.S., paid for uh, hospice care for the poor out in the village. And she just said, hey, can we start an income generating business to help fund what we're doing here because we're totally dependent upon donor dollars? And I said, yeah, you know, I'd like to be involved in that. Um, but not if it's only seen as, a, as, a, as an income generator for the ministry. Like, do you really value the business in and of itself? Do you see the jobs that can be created? And is that important to you as an organization? Do you see the good or service that we're going to provide as important? And so through this process, we started a, a funeral home and mortuary, which nobody ever says they want to get in that business. I mean, maybe there are a few out there, but you just kind of There's go. not really? many lining up. No, not many lining no, up. <laughs> but it's an important essential business that, you know, we need because people pass away and there, sure. there are things that need to happen. So. And it was mission related. We, we had conversations about how we're a nonprofit caring for in hospice, which is end of life care. So you're caring for patients who are who have weeks, days, months left to live. You're caring for their family in a holistic way, not just physical, but psychologically, emotionally. You're walking down a journey of death with them. And this business is just an extension of that ministry. Now the patient has passed away. We called them guests, not patients. They passed away, but they're still care for the family through the celebration, through the, the mourning, through the remembrance. And so the caskets we make, the, 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 the embalming we do, the way you care for that family is an extension of ministry. And the yeah. good or service in this case has value in and of itself. God is pleased in that. And so we got into that business thinking, okay, is this going to work out? And whoever wants to do this? And we had to work with the village to say, we're bringing death to your community. Are you okay with that? And, and it turned out to be a highly successful business. Uh, we, we returned all the investment within the fifth year, which is a great Bye. business. And it now funds probably 20, 30% of the overall ministry, created 10 jobs for, with carpenters and morticians and, and drivers for, for, um, 
for the ambulances and stuff. And so that has been a great uh, success in business that I'm glad to be a part of. But uh, it can work and it does work. Even with a nonprofit owning a for-profit business, it can be done successfully. Yeah, and I'm, I'm glad you shared that, Brian, with the first having that, hey, this one didn't go so well. <laughs> we tried really hard and this is what it was and grew really well. But this is what happened because I think we need to share just as much the successes as well as the, I wouldn't necessarily say it's failures, but the learning points maybe, let's say, um, but being able to have have both of those in the conversation and to be able to, like you said, have the caring for the family throughout that whole process, um, I think is very kingdom minded. It's very incredible to see how you're able to do that. And for those listening as well that have nonprofits and looking at what is that that almost integrated model of having the for-profit or having a non-profit and how do you wrestle between them? Um, they really can exist together. What do you think the uh, lessons learned from the, the first business and the success of the second business, what would you say to somebody who's in either of those camps right now? Well, I, I think, I mean, if your business is not looking so well or it's looking really great, um, I think that the, the financial status of your business or the sustainability of it in, from financial terms and financial perspective are, are still not the main point. The main point is, are you providing a good or service that, that, that accomplishes human flourishing and is valuable and really helpful to people, especially those in need? And, and so is that working out well? Are the jobs you're creating, are they providing dignity and hope and and opportunities for people to to be creative and 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 productive and a sense of dignity as we're made in the image of God. I would focus on those things as being valuable, and then how does the finances line up for profitability and getting there? And how are you know? I, I would just encourage you to keep pushing forward um, and and trying to see the whole picture. And if your profits are great. I can, I, if your profits are great, but you're not accomplishing the other two, I would say you still need to reassess what you're doing. You know, how good is your, how good is the good or service? And, and are you treating your people well? Are you paying them well? Are they, are they, are they, are they manifesting the image of God in their day-to-day work? And if those two things aren't happening, but you're making money, I do need to reassess what you're doing. And if you're not, then you need to, you need to get on the financial side and say, is this really a valuable good or service that people are willing to pay for? And are there healthy subsidizations or unhealthy subsidizations that we're engaging in to keep something afloat that shouldn't be afloat? Those aren't, those aren't wins or losses. That's just part of business and figuring it out. You've got to have the discipline to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, your, your growth in a business or your lack thereof is a message from the consumer. So how are you, how are you altering or changing or moving and figuring all that out? No, I really appreciate the, you sharing that. What is top of mind right now for you in regards to business's mission? What are you up to? Where are you heading? Um, share a little bit about that. Well, top of mind right now is my students. I'm getting to walk a journey with them. And um, I've noticed that this, this younger generation has, desires purpose. They desire significance and making a difference. And fortunately, the students I get to work with at Trinity are very international. Most of my classes are 50 percent, you know, not Canadian, uh, not even American. There's a lot of Asians and uh, Middle Easterners. I just have a lot of international. And so I am enjoying pouring into them and opening up their minds to potential and saying you can have purpose and profit. You can do these things. And 
let me show you what that looks like and what you need to be careful of. And, and, and uh, so that's, that's part of what I'm doing. The other part is um, I'm working with a group of faculty um, to try to get some research, research together on business's mission. And we're trying to look at several aspects, but the main three ones that, that I, I really want to focus on is proving the financial viability of BAM companies to say, are these real businesses? There's still a lot of question out there of whether they're financially viable. And depending on who you talk to, some people say, you know, maybe it's 10 or 20% that are actually providing a return to their investors, which is fine. That's great. But what about the other 80%? And what are they subsidizing in their costs? Is it healthy? Is it appropriate subsidization for good reasons? Or is it, is it people not taking business seriously, which could have an overall economic harm? And so I really want to study that within the companies to say, how do we, how do we beef up the financial business side so that they're, they're considered more real in, in the eyes of traditional business people? I want to look at the global nature of BAM. Um, we say it's from everywhere to everywhere. And it, it's true that there are, there are Koreans who are going um, to start BAMs in places. There's a Brazilian population. There's, there's Europeans and African nations where it's not just the West going to the rest, which is the model we're used to in missions. And so I want to study what is that global nature? How does it play mm -hmm. out? Are there conceptual, theological, cultural differences in how they're doing it? And can we learn from that? Can the West learn from how Koreans are doing it to, to correct our theology a little bit and ours. And so yeah. the third area I want to focus on is, is really partnership. Uh, I've had the opportunity to work with Kenyan partners who are just amazing people. And we shared vision, we shared decision-making authority. And I believe that our scale of these companies is dependent upon how we develop our leaders from all nations, from all people involved in partnership. If, if it's just goers going and hiring a bunch of local people, but you're really the only one called the shots. That's not wrong, but, but I think scale is limited there. And so how do we right. in education and experience develop the pipeline of, of, of participants or practitioners in this field? So those are the three areas in research that I'm excited about and I really want to get into. Yeah, for sure. That's exciting to be able to partner the academia and the experience and to really have this collaborative nature and that intersection. Um, I love at BAM Canada, we've been able to host some of those conversations, be able to bring together those people and, and share commonalities um, because, yeah, I, th I think that's where, where the power is uh, in, in those conversations. Um, but Brian, I'd love to hear, how do you see the collaboration within this network and within this community being a benefit for Canadians um, looking to forward God's kingdom? with the pieces that God's given them? What do you think the potential can be? Um, and what do you see the future looking like? Yeah, I, I'm really hesitant to speak on behalf of Canada or Canadians because I'm American crossing the border every day to teach. I still live in the and US. We, for, we forgive you for it, but. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, I, I believe that every nation, every people, every culture is blessed to be a blessing. Um, I believe Canadians have a blessing that God has endowed them with. and. They are to bring that to the BAM global table and say, here's the way we see it. Here's the way we function. Here's the way we treat one another. Um, and so my position right now is a follower and a supporter of the BAM Canada network, but I can't lead direction or I, I don't know exactly what that is. I'm still learning. Uh, I don't want to speak into it other than to say I'm here to support, but I believe that 
I believe that there is a role out there for unity north of the border. Here. I'm not north of the border because anyhow, that's not the right way to say yeah, yeah. it. There's, there's, there's something here um, that uh, I see your perspective as different than the American perspective and can really uh, even bring some correction to the way that Americans engage at time. Um, and so what does that look like? I don't know, but I think that there's something there that I want to be a part of helping to explore. Yeah, for sure. And we're always glad to have you at the table, Brian. Yes, you're American, but working and in influencing Canadians and the next generation, which is so exciting to see. But I would love to hear from you, Brian, for everyone that's listening right now, what would be your encouragement? And I know you mentioned some before, but for someone that's learning more about BAM specifically, they're asking, there's something here. What is this? What could this be? How do I jump into this? What would you encourage them with? Well, first I'd say come to TWU and get my class and let's have some good discussions, <laughs> you know, at the master's level or the undergraduate level. I mean, these, these conversations take time to develop and process. So, and I think For university sure. life is, is a great way to do that. But, you know, get involved in on the, the, the website. Um, watch, read, communicate, get involved in the networking sessions and ask questions. Um, don't be afraid of stupid questions. Don't be afraid of hard questions that don't have easy answers. Uh, look outside Christian circles. I read regularly um, the Stanford Social Innovation Review, and it, there's a website called Business Fights Poverty and the Benefit Corporation Movement. These are all part of the same conversation going on, even outside um, the church, outside the Christian world that we can still learn from and hopefully have influence over. And so don't be afraid to, to, to listen to what the other conversations going on. And, and I think finally, it's, it's all about, you know, it's, it's just baby steps. It's, it's how can I be intentional today, whether I'm a customer and I'm buying food and I need to look at fair trade or, or how things are working, or if I'm going to get a job and, and moving on, or if I'm thinking about where to invest my retirement fund, or, you know, I have coworkers and bosses and everywhere. It's like you can, if everybody's pushing in that direction, it makes the load a lot lighter. And so that's just some general advice that I'd give. Um, to just anybody. Yeah, I love that when we're all pulling the, in the same direction, we're all pulling the same load, it, it's a lot lighter. I think that's so true. Um, and thank you so much, Brian, for sharing your perspective, your experiences. Um, and I know we only took a little taste into some of those. Um, we've got a whole lifetime behind you of different things um, and a whole lifetime ahead of you, which is so exciting. So know that we're cheering you on um, in the different research aspects you're jumping into and with your students as you pour into their lives. We pray that as you step into this with your students, that they would be able to see your experiences and what uh, comes next for that. Want to learn more about Canadian Businesses Mission? Check out our website at www.businessesmission.ca for free missional resources, our newsletter, and to join our virtual business community, the BAM Canada Network. We're here to gather and help you grow in your redemptive purpose. So why not check out our community? Your first month is on us.